0: The reason why um, I'm having the children with us is because I want to have some time to pray at the altar, particularly for healing um, and um, and also for deliverance. The Bible says that He came to set the captives free, and if you're here today and you find yourself maybe struggling with fear, anxiety, or depression, I'm believing for power from God to heal. I'm not saying that these things may not be medical. I'm not saying that these things may not be, have a physical aspect to them. I do believe that those things do have a physical and sometimes a psychological aspect. I just believe that Jesus is Lord of everything and he's able to bring healing. And so uh, today, as we come to the conclusion of the Lord's prayer, I want to take time to actually activate and and walk in prayer and, and trust God to do miraculous things this morning. Anybody have expectation this morning? We've been going through the Lord's Prayer, and today we find ourselves at the end of the journey. I want to begin by, again, going through a short recap of all the things that we have seen in the Scriptures about prayer. Number one, we've said that prayer is not just the words we say, but it's a lifestyle. The Lord teaches us to pray in the way that we are to live. Secondly, prayer is not about the right words. It's about the right heart. We've said that over and over again. May God give us the right heart. The right heart. The right heart's more important than the right words. Matthew chapter 6 says, In this manner, therefore pray our Father in heaven. We need to recognize that He is our Father, that we are to relate to Him as Father, and that He is above everything, that we can trust His wisdom above all. And hallowed be His name, we should look for His name to be worshipped and exalted everywhere in our lives and throughout the world. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray his will first so that our hearts would line up or be arranged to the things that matter to God. I'm reading Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 on down. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, God, before we pray for anything, we pray for your will to be done. That our hearts will line up to the things that matter to you. Give us this day our daily bread. We know that daily God calls us to depend on him. And so we live in. In humble submission to God because we know that he is Jehovah Jireh and he provides well. He's a good, good provider. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us because he has forgiven us greatly. We forgive and that forgiveness is mercy that continues to come towards us. Isn't that incredible? Mercy triumphs over judgment. Do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil or from the evil one. We understand that we are in need of deliverance and in need of a good shepherd to lead us. Jesus is that good shepherd and he is that mighty deliverer. Is there anyone here who have experienced the the power of God and his deliverance in their lives? Amen. And then in some translations, the beloved King James would read this way at the end, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And as it closes this way, I think it's appropriate to look at the Lord's Prayer closing that way because it ascribes to God the glory, and it reminds us of who it is that we're praying to. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. And yours is the glory. Not just now. Not just when, you know, God is not a popular thing from one generation to another. A lot of people think that God's worn out, that, that, that God is a yesterday thing. But his is the kingdom now. His is the power now. And his is the glory now. Now let us pay close attention to this latter part of the scripture. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. You see, this is the reason why we should live our lives and pray according to the Lord's prayer. Why do we pray and live this way? Because we rest in the assurance that the kingdom and the power and the glory is his. The kingdom is his. And to us, that means that he has all the authority in this world and that his kingdom even has dominion over darkness and even the darkness of this age. You ever heard people say things like, you know, your God can't relate. Jesus didn't go through the things that that I've experienced. They're forgetting this reality. God is beyond time. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows all things. Therefore, he was an appropriate sacrifice. Amen. He's above everything. Are you with me? His kingdom... His authority is above everything. His, the power belongs to him. And to us, this means that he is omnipotent and that nothing is outside of the reach of his power if he wills to do it. We serve a mighty God. He has power to do mighty things. And I share with you this testimony. You may hear it a lot, but it's my testimony. So I'm going to share it again. When our daughter was born, she was born with something that uh, is called cystic fibrosis. She tested positive for that. The night before, the Lord said to me, pray for her lungs. I didn't know that she was born with that diagnosis. And when that occurred, I began to pray for her lungs. And when we were told, we were brought into this doctor's office, and the doctors looked at us and said, we will be a part of your family for the rest of her life. Doctors, we started to study this thing, and this thing said that she, her, the average lifespan of someone with cystic fibrosis is 36 years old of age. Cystic fibrosis of mucus that begins to destroy the organs in the body. We came to the church, and we began to pray, and we began to fast, and we wept. I was in a fetal position. It was the one time in my life my wife held me because I didn't know what to do but to cry. I had no power over this, you see. I couldn't change this reality we begin to pray and we begin to pray and ask God for a healing work. We had some tests done again and she came back negative. The doctors didn't want to believe it to this day. They don't want to believe it. They don't want to receive it because they believe a sweat test can produce different results or whatnot. But we would go year after year to get some breathing tests to see where she was at. They say that CF kids breathe about a 75 to 80 percent. And they say that some kids that breathe normally read a Breathe about 90 to 95%. Mia has always breathed around 120%. He is powerful. And I want you to know today that there is no sickness that's beyond his reach. I don't care if it's a broken ankle or if it's a, a, a terminal cancer, he is able. He is able. And if he's provided it on the cross, if he paid the price for the sins, that I want to be the kind of church that stands in the gap and believe that God can heal. Can I get a witness this morning? He is powerful. There is no darkness that's beyond his reach. There is no sickness that's beyond his reach. There's no demon-possessed person that's beyond his reach. There is no community that's beyond his reach. There's no one right now caught up in the human trafficking situation that's beyond his reach. There is no government that's beyond his reach. Because he's all-powerful, glory to God. Do you believe it this morning? The kingdom is his. The power is his. And it's all for his glory. I want you to pay attention to this and we'll begin to pray. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want you to understand this. That by allowing the kingdom authority of God in our lives, by saying, God, we want to be under your authority, under your kingdom. What we're actually saying is, God, we want your power to flow through us. And when the church says that and allows the power of God to flow through us, that's when God gets the greater glory. That's why Mark 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned already. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Do you believe? In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will be healed. And again, Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then he says again in verse 7, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Amen? To Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, this is exactly what's happening in the disciples in the book of Acts when they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, when they're healing the sick, even with their shadow, raising the dead, declaring God's judgment, delivering the demon-possessed, praying for handkerchiefs and aprons and those being taken to the sick and those having power to heal and setting free the demon-possessed and then having the uh, the anointing to deliver, being taken from one place to another in an instance, enduring the heart The harshest trials, experiencing the earthquakes and seeing the prison doors open and being let out by angels for the sake of His glory. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul speaks about in Romans 15, for I said, I do not speak of anything except what I've seen in my own life, that from Jerusalem to Illyricum, I have preached the whole gospel accompanied with signs and wonders for the glory of God. This is also what he declares in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 through 5. He says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or with wisdom. For I decided to know nothing about him except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. My speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and his power. So that your faith will not rest on wisdom, on sermons, on messages, on podcasts, but on the power of God. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says, this is the mystery that God desires. This is the work that God wants to do in us. What is that work? This is the mystery that he's revealing, that God wants to reveal in us. He wants to do a work in us so that the power of God in us and the wisdom in us will be a revelation not only here on earth, but even to the principalities and the demonic and the darkness and the authorities that exist in the heavenlies. God wants to use you to declare his wisdom to all creation." Isn't that incredible? Ask yourself, are we living in that reality today? Some would say, well, maybe that was for their times. Some have even said that since the Bible has been accomplished, that there's no need for the gifts of the Holy Spirit in this magnitude or in this way. And I would say this to you. If the people of God needed the power of God, then, my God, we need it now. I will say this to you. We have not been saved by the power of God so that we can live by our own strength. You think you've been delivered from all the addictions you've been delivered from so that you can now try to make this on your own strength? You think this gospel is about speech and the things that we affirm in our minds? The word of God says that something occurs in the spirit of a man where once he is a child of disobedience, but God so radically transforms our lives that now we belong to him and we are children of light. That is a spiritual dynamic that brings power into the life of the believer. So much so that we no longer have to give ourselves to the dominion of sin. And rather than being lorded over by sin, we now live in the kingdom of light, which gives us power to say no to sin and to train ourselves, even our flesh, to honor God. I'd say to you, we're in desperate need of God's power. And I would say that part of the issue with the church today is a lack of dependence on power of God. A willingness to have good doctrine, but have no encounter. I don't want to be a church with just good doctrine. I need to encounter God. I need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit of God. I need to encounter the miracle power of God today. And the rock, I tell you, the rock, the name of Jesus, as long as I'm a pastor here, we're going to seek to encounter God every time we get together. Why do we worship so much? Even though sometimes you're looking at us like, stop it. Why do we make an altar call? Why do we celebrate the glory of God and the presence of God so much? Because we're not interested we're not interested in coming to church and being comfortable and having an experience that, that just, it's like a movie theater. Can I say that? We need God to visit us like a burning bush and change our lives for his glory. And if that means parking in a song until we get it, if that means having an altar, whatever means we need to use to get to that place of encounter, the word says draw near to me and I will draw near to you. How many of us are actually listening to the plea of God? If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. Do you think America needs healing today? God says that if the church would seek him, there will be healing in the land. How far are we willing to take that? How far are we willing to believe God's word? Would you stand with me today? All the altar workers of the house, would you come up to the altar right now? Yes. Hallelujah. there was a point in my life uh, after I got saved where the church just began to grow we were meeting in a double wide trailer that just exploded it was way too many people and so the pastor uh, the church began to build a new building and before the building was built I remember that we would go in there and it was just stilts and there was this ground and dirt all over from construction. It was a construction zone. And we, the young people, a bunch of 15 and 16 year old people, they just begin to pray there and we would pray there for long hours and the prophetic just began to move and this 15 year old girl started to prophesy and speak God's mercy and forgiveness over the people that gathered there. Some of us were so moved by the power of God, there was a young man that fell out in the presence of God and that cement and rolled all over. He was so out in the presence of God, we had to carry him in a car, take him home. His mother had to take care of him, right? And then he woke up in the morning a new person. (laughs) And I was visiting that building and I was preaching in that building this last Wednesday and I said to myself, God, how I long for your glory. God, how we need a visitation today. Do you know you need a visitation from God today? Do you know how desperate we are for the glory and the presence of God in our lives? There's power. There's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. If you believe, these signs will follow. These signs will follow. We're entering into an age where doctrine is not going to be good enough, people. We need the power of God. We need the power of God. Do you believe it today? Do you believe it today? This is what we're going to do. If you're here today and you particularly need prayer for healing, where's Pastor Laura? Where's Pastor Laura? Okay. Would you get her whenever she gets a chance to make her come over here. Amen. If you particularly need prayer for healing, I want you on this side. If you will come up over here and come here on this side. All those you are here today and you're saying, Pastor, there's I need healing. I don't care if it's a, a a hurt ankle or if it's terminal cancer. My God has power to heal. If you're here today and you're saying, you need healing. You need a healing work in your life. If that's you, would you come up to the altar right here and uh, we're, we're going to give some direction on how to pray. Come here. I'm going to hang out here and I'm going to be praying for those who need healing. Amen. Now, most of the altar workers, if you would come here, Mo, would you come here? Eunice, I want you to stay there with me. Eunice, I want, Sandra, come here with me. You guys stay here. If you're here today and you're saying, Father, uh, uh, Pastor, I want to I say yes to the power of God. I want to say yes to the power of God. I, I want my life to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want God to use me. If that's you, would you come to the altar today? You're feeling that pre- You're saying, you know what, today I just want to say yes. I realize that I've just been coming to church. But I haven't been hungry. I want to say yes to the power of God. Would you come up right now? Would you Would you come up right now, Laura? I want you on this side. This side. The people over here need healing. I want I want those who are approved workers. Karen, Karen, I want you praying for people who need healing. Those who have faith for healing to be praying. Amen. And if you're here today and you're saying, I need, I want, I want the power of God. I, I, I want I want to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or I, I want to say to God, yes, if you want to use me at my workplace and my schools, say yes, I want to hear your boys, do your work in me if that 's you, would you come up to the altar right now, we want to pray for you amen, amen now if you 're here right now, what we 're going to do is we 're going to be praying, so I like to welcome you at this time if you have to go to go ahead and go, but if you want to linger my, I encourage you to just hang out and see God right where you 're at, say, God, use me, do a work in me, do a work in me, ask God to just uh, just do a mighty work uh, that you would have an encounter, even right there where you're at, amen. Even right there where you're at. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. We welcome you to come hang out with us. Experience the presence of God. Let's begin to pray. Let's get some anointing oil on these uh, on these breathe. Oh, breath of God now. Breathe. First, Brother Joe? Is he to help us? God, Now breathe, O breath of God. Now breathe, O breath of God. Now breathe, breathe, O breath of God. Now breathe, O breath of God. Now breathe, O breath of God. Now breathe.